to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the monoculture. Um, <laughs> we're doing some cringe mode Cinderella, the 1997 version. So good. And, it's so good. And we're also talking about Jamie Dornan's star turn and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> What an episode. That was, a, that was a tongue twister and you pulled it off. <laughs> Thank you. Did you. Really well. Um, <laughs> all right. If you guys want more Tea Time, please follow us on Twitter. We're at Tea Time underscore 33. And on Instagram, we're at Tea Time Pod. All right. Before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right. Off the top, Tea Time is checking in with the monoculture. And before I turn it over to you, Kate and Amelia, because I don't have much to add here, I would like a brief explanation of what the monoculture is. Thank you. I mean, it's advance. like the idea that we're all watching the same things or listening to the same things, right? Okay. So, which yeah. I think the, the theory is these days that like there is no monoculture right. because like no one, like Game of Thrones was the last big thing that everyone was watching and everyone knew about. And now okay. it's like, does it still exist? So there are a couple things that have been all over the internet this week or like in recent weeks that we just want to talk about. Just take take our temperature, see how we feel. <laughs> yeah. That was a perfect uh, description. Yes. Thank you. Um, and we're starting out with, you know, I hate the name of the show at first, but now I, I understand why it's called what it is. Um, WandaVision. <laughs> I still laugh at that name. Okay, sorry. Um, but interesting, uh, according to Parrot Analytics and as reported by um, comicbook.com, so you know it's legit, <laughs> WandaVision is actually the most popular show in the world right now. Wow. Yeah. I think they do a study where it takes social media and then uh, I guess Nielsen ratings and a bunch of other kind of analytics and are like, okay, that's the show. That's the show everyone's watching. So I feel, I do feel like a lot of people are watching it. Does yeah. it, everyone else kind of feel that way too? I am. I was surprised originally. Cause like, 
you know, I'm like, everyone, you know, has their thing. We're all yeah. doing different things right now. But also, like, we haven't had any Marvel anything for, like, over a year now. And <laughs> right. I think people are literally just... I mean, it's, like, the biggest cultural thing. Like, the yeah. biggest pop culture franchise. So I think people literally were just like, Marvel! And, like, just grabbed <laughs> on, no matter what it was. It helps that it's good and entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, was, I was also surprised by how many people are watching it. Yeah. I was just going to ask because there have been a lot of other Marvel TV shows and I wasn't actually sure of that until I just Googled it. And there are. <laughs> what makes WandaVision so different? Are either of you guys watching it? I am. Yeah, I'm caught okay. up. Amelia, you're still like working through it, right? I so I watched the first six episodes, but I haven't okay. watched the most uh, recent one. Yeah, this is also like Tea Time relates to other ringer content. <laughs> this is like not our uh, our usual thing. But yeah, I mean, which I think is part of the appeal is like, so it like satires these famous TV shows. Mm-hmm. And like from week to week, it's not just like the classic Marvel, like blowing up buildings, saving the world. It's like right. sort of like a, a spin on like popular television. Um, right. So I think that's part of it. It's just like a fun sort of format. I also mm-hmm. just love Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's, she's great. great. Yeah. And it's she's just like carrying the show on her off. back. Yes, yeah, totally. Is. And I think also about WandaVision, this isn't really a spoiler because it's kind of out there, but um, it, so it essentially starts out as a 50s sitcom and each week they kind of go through the decades and you really don't get to the actual plot of the show until like the third or fourth episode. But it's also kind of nice because these episodes are like 20 minutes long. Oh, that's nice. It is just, woo! It is easy breezy and they're interesting enough to kind of grab you because they put little Easter eggs in here and there and it just, I don't know, it's its interesting because it's like, so we learn that they're a part of this crafted universe within a universe and that's one storyline. The other storyline is them in the Marvel, I, I guess, real world universe with like the shield people or whatever. Mm. I know this is probably <laughs> sounds like just jargon. Um, but it's so we have these two separate storylines and they kind of converge and we eventually meet the and I, again, I don't want to spoil it, but there are other characters that you're like, whoa, that character. Right. And it's and you get you also have like um, what's her face? Is her name Catherine Hahn? I'm yes. gonna, I'm gonna fuck. I it would up. die okay. for her. <laughs> She's amazing. She's so fun in this. And again, yeah, like Kate was saying, Elizabeth Olsen is carrying the show on her back, and she's just really delightful. I didn't realize I liked her so much until after watching this. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way as well. Like it's mm-hmm. just like very much her star turn. Like she just yeah. gets to have so much fun with it and like show mm-hmm. off so many different things. Yeah. Can I guys ask you a question? Can I watch this show and understand it and other people listening if you don't have an extensive knowledge of the Marvel universe and still enjoy it? Yeah. So Juliette Lippman, who doesn't know Marvel at all, has started watching it. She did a TV concert with with Van Lathan, who's like an expert. And it was like, <laughs> you know, like a Marvel newbie talks to like Marvel expert. But I, I do that. think that's like one of the reasons it's so popular is because there, there are like different levels of enjoyment. Like at yeah. the most basic level, it's like you can watch it as like a satire of popular television with like mm. a little bit of like weird surrealist turn and like that's it but then if you know more then you can like enjoy sort of the layers and the easter eggs so like yeah I think so yeah it's a good entry point it is and it's kind of like a mystery you understand that there's a mystery kind Mm -hmm. of woven in and that there's two separate universes that eventually converge and you're like oh wow okay it's it's all starting to make sense and again it's only like 20 minutes long which is so good that's amazing (laughs) that's the selling point um 
And then one one quick thing about Elizabeth Olsen. Um, <laughs> this really funny tweet. I'm sure you guys saw. Uh, it's from Nathan McDermott at Nate McDermott. Uh, there's a picture. I see. I do these memes, and I really i I apologize to the people listening. But it's it's her. And if you didn't know, Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, she is the younger sister of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, people are just finding this out. It's so wild. People didn't know. It's like. How? They literally look, she's just like the taller version of them. She's been famous for a long time. <laughs> she was featured in some of their like uh, direct to video movies and whatnot. <laughs> um, but there's this vi- uh, the, a photo of her and she's in the middle and they're on either side of her. And then there's another photo <laughs> and it's Marge Simpson and her two sisters. I think their names are Thelma and... Velma really the and whole point is that you don't know <laughs> yeah yeah and but they're smoking which is funny because it's like oh yeah because the Olsen twins are you know known smokers this is, yeah it's like same energy so yeah I, I don't know exactly explaining that I will say <laughs> yes. I think it got across okay <laughs> all right what else do we have to talk about today Kate uh, another thing that was just all over the internet this week uh, was the Cruella trailer uh, if you're not familiar, if you didn't see it, it's a Disney spinoff about Cruella DeVille. Very like Joker, Harley Quinn vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Stars Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Both iconic Emmas that are better than this, frankly. <laughs> um, but it's just like the origin story of Cruella DeVille, mm. uh, known puppy killer. I don't know who wanted <laughs> that, but uh, I, I people were like, it's just like the Joker. Like it just has like weird energy. It's like, how are we going to mm. redeem someone who just wants to skin dogs? <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. So I mean, known dog hater Amelia Wedmeyer has gone her own <laughs> redemption tour for the past year and oh, it just takes a lot of time it takes yeah. a lot of time and effort and so I just really don't does. know I don't know how this movie is going to do it and I I worry about the execution don't it. you think when you're watching it I, I'm sorry but I literally was like am I watching the Joker yeah trailer 100%. it so felt like that but with this like feminist through line like the end uh, she's yeah. talking about she's like like she doesn't say I am woman hear me roar but kind of she says something along those lines I'm like yeah that's not people are making like like girl boss jokes yes. you know like yeah. uh, do we really have to be empowered by Cruella DeVille like I right. just don't need that in my life and I right. think that was the main takeaway was like we just don't need this as a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I have to say this movie has been in the works for like four years. It has. And I saw online that Emma Stone, they had to delay filming because she was at a Spice Girls concert in 2019 and she, <laughs> fell, she fell off her friend's shoulders and hurt her arm. No. And so they had to delay filming. And so I was like, you know what? I respect that. That's a great reason <laughs> That's hilarious. for this movie to be delayed. I love that she loves the Spice. Wow. What she a- does. A true millennial. Um, so yeah, in on Emma, uh, questionable on Cruella. Yeah. yeah, also she, I don't know if anyone else thought, well, I know they're trying to make her be like very high fashion, kind of mm-hmm. like the Glenn Close version, which is also iconic. Um, But she really looked like Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did anyone else notice the similarities? <laughs> I only it's had uncanny. to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> The eye makeup is exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, that and also I so I saw it and I was like, oh, my gosh, she looks so much like him. And so then I had to look him up as her. And (laughs) I spent hours of my life watching him be Dr. Frankenfurter, which is honestly he is one of the most it's one of the most sexually charged roles I've ever seen in my life. It's true. 
He is There's just a strong energy to it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the sexuality is palpable. Looks. It's a oh, great. Look. So she does look she cool. Could do a lot worse. I will yeah. say. Yeah. 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 All right. Last. What do we got, Kate? Finally, in the monoculture, I want to ask you if this is part of the monoculture because mm. I don't want it to be because I want to be cool for the first time in my life. Uh, as listeners of this podcast, really anyone who knows me knows, I don't like cool music very much. <laughs> I like it's. I've kind of turned it into my brand to like popular music. But as I've been taking my my winter sad walks uh, mm. over the past year, uh, just trudging along, I've gotten really into Phoebe Bridgers, and wow. you know she's been around for years. Like people have been into her for long time Mm -hmm. and I was like wow I really like her I'm finally in on something that's like cool that's like you know kids my age are just like into it their parents don't know who she is the general public doesn't know who she is like I'm cool and then she went on SNL a couple weeks ago Uh, and I was like (laughs) she's not cool anymore damn it the the, the people who are above 30 know who she is and I am just like a normie for liking her Kaya said that Phoebe Bridgers was playing in Trader Joe's and I'm just like Am I too late? Will I ever like music that can be considered cool? I think you are a bit too late only because <laughs> I kind of had a similar experience in which I was had some random Spotify playlist on and I didn't know, but she came on and I was like, oh, I really like this. And I saw that it was her and I was like, ah, I can't. You know, it's not, it's yeah. no longer, you're no longer hip to the times. If you like her, you're, you're right. just kind of average. So I am too, Kate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. See, well, you're both cooler than me because I just... I mean, I, I'm now being like, maybe I'll listen to one of her songs. Well, you, you like the more like upbeat stuff. So uh, it's, it's okay. okay. I like lame ass music. It's fine. <laughs> I don't admit all. it to myself. That's part of our brand. We couldn't pick a best Britney song on the last episode. So True. it's fine. It's who we are. True. All right, let's move on. Next category is relationship news, not worth the tea. And this week in social media, all in this nice little bundle. Um, I'm going to start because quick V-Day Valentine's Day wrap up. I don't know if you all are following Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan's relationship as closely as I am, but if you're not, I'll tell you what happened on Valentine's Day. Nothing else matters. No other celebrity did anything cool, it felt like, but Michael (laughs) B. Jordan rented out an an entire aquarium for Lori Harvey. Um, I believe they're in Atlanta, and they had their entire aquarium to themselves. He calls her turtle as like her little pet name and I also believe her favorite animal is a turtle so it's very cute cute. they could go and have this like private viewing of this entire effing aquarium and there's this one I'm going to explain this poorly again tea time tries to like describe imagery (laughs) do you know in aquariums where it's a long hallway and it's a 180 wrap around overhead aquarium situation yeah, that's, so perfect. Like that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, you look up and there's like sharks and tur- like everything. So if you guys click the link in the outline and I'll just try my best to describe it to the listeners. It's a long hallway filled with rose petals and then it's the 180 aquarium overhead. And at the end of this long hallway is this candlelit dinner. It looks so romantic and nice. And wow. I can't believe that he has done this. They had a private dinner catered by Nobu, which is like... Okay. And then he gave the girl Hermes stock as Sarah Valentine's wow. Day. God. Like, Lori Harvey, have you had enough yet? Because it's, I, I can't believe how romantic and Jesus. extravagant this is. I mean, it blows every other celeb who did anything out of the water. Oh my so you God. Know the, only, the only thing that would make that better is, you know, where they do the thing where they let the penguins out in the aquarium? What? And they like walk around and like look at the fish. Oh, yeah, I would want to do it with the penguins. That's you get so cute. smelly. I, I don't and care. also, <laughs> do you guys find it weird that they I ate Nobu care. in an aquarium? 
Oh you know, yeah, you're like looking at the wrong. fish and you're that eating your wrong. brethren. Yeah. 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 <laughs> God. Wait, what aquarium was this? Is it I the Shed Aquarium? I believe they're in Atlanta. So oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, Dang. go Lori Harvey once again. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Just keep living your best life. Congrats. Um, all right. What else in relationship news? Um, also in relationship news, I guess it I think they got engaged on Valentine's Day or around Valentine's Day. Paris Hilton, the one and only Paris Hilton, got engaged to her boyfriend, Carter Room, who is a venture capitalist slash entrepreneur. They've been dating for, I think, a couple years now. This is, I have no, engagement number, who, God, who knows, um, which is fine. I mean, get it. I've never been engaged. So congrats, <laughs> Paris Hilton. Um, and also... She, this is shocking. This makes me feel really old. She turned 40 the other day. 40 that's years really old, wild. which is insane. She's, yeah. that's, I just, wow, time flies. She's very young at heart and also looks young mm-hmm. on the outside as well. Very so young. very deceiving. Yeah. But yeah. She, look, she looks great. So mm-hmm. congrats to her. Um, he seems like a stable person. Happy <laughs> for her. Yeah. Um, what more yeah. can we ask? What more can we <laughs> ask for? And you know what more you can ask for as well on the next subject. Thank oh, you God. for giving me that. I did, um, I did ask for this. <laughs> you did. And I appreciate you. Um, it's time for a mass dancer slash mass singer update. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, I was talking to my parents the other night when we were watching it. And I was like, you know what? To anyone who doesn't like this show, Why? Why don't you like happiness? Okay. The what fest is goes this? up, guys. Ring the yeah. bell. He's yeah. just shaking it. <laughs> Why don't you like genuine joy? Honestly, because what has this show done other than uh, reward? Honestly, women and people of color for the winners. There's never been a straight white male who's won this show nice. and it continues. So <laughs> that says um, something. I don't know what that says. I don't know if it's good, <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so the mask dancer, which feels like it just premiered the other day, but they had the top three performers who faced off on Wednesday night and the third place winner was McKenzie, McKenzie, McKenzie Ziegler, who was the tulip and she you probably I didn't know who she was, but apparently she's Maddie Ziegler's younger sister. And Maddie mm-hmm. Ziegler is Sia's uh, little muse, uh, little muse. Yes. And she's they're both dance mom people. Mm-hmm. Second place winner was or not winner, but second place person was Maxim Chermkovsky, who oh, is right. the Dancing with the Stars pro, which see, they're both dancers. So it was kind of like right. that's a little unfair. It's like, a little shady. Clearly not a star. Like he was the dancer, not the star. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I don't know about that. But the winner ended up being, and I'm so happy, and I just want to say I guessed correctly, uh, was Gabby Douglas. Mm. Nice. United States Objectively gymnast. a star. Yeah. yeah. Objectively That's a star. Good. Gold medal winner all of the all around. She also fell during one of her practices. I don't know. They've shown it like a bunch of times, which I'm thinking if I'm Gabby Douglas and I'm watching the show, that would be traumatic to watch myself fall from mm-hmm. like 15 feet. Yikes. Oh my God. Oh. I know. It was a really high, maybe not 15 feet, but it was very high up. And she literally fell. And, but she came back each week. It was a great story. And she was doing all these flips. And it was obviously so clear that it was like Gabby Douglas because they're like, she vaulted onto the stage. <laughs> You're like, okay. And then they had a bunch of like metal <laughs> gifts and like oh, five golden rings. It they really to it. it feels they really like. do. Yeah. They what was her that. character? Like, what was her mask? The cotton candy. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> it was cute. Sure. It was really cute. Yeah. So, Amelia, can I ask you a question about the mask yes. dancer? And of I was course. actually going to DM you too, because you posted on your own personal Instagram <laughs> about this finale. And then I remembered you get literally bombarded with unnecessary DMs all day long. So I was like, you know, I'll just talk to her about it later. Question It felt like when you posted this finale and they reveal who it is, they have a lot of trouble pulling off their heads. Yes. You know, they're like, yeah. things. they spend like 15 minutes like jiggling it, trying to like. So I have a question, and that is like, is it attached to, it must be attached to the costume if Gabby Douglas is doing flips as a- You know, to- that actually, like, that's a really good point. It probably is, and they probably have to like snap it off or so, like somehow take it off. The reveal is like a little bit lessened because everyone's like really, and everyone's like- Isn't it on purpose though? Don't they do it on purpose? See, I feel like they milk it. So yeah. it's like mm. a combination of maybe it is really hard to get off. And also they're like, oh, whoa. So they can cut back to the judges being like, oh, whoa. It's and so dramatic it's when they're really, trying to take it off. Oh, my God. It's too much. It's a little over the top. But that, you know. It's that's, good TV. It's good TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, rude. Um, And then also we got a sneak peek. If you watch The Masked Dancer, you got to see a sneak peek of The Masked Singer, which will be back. March 10th with Niecy Nash as the guest host. Yeah, I'm really excited about her. I think she is iconic and hilarious. Um, And we have confirmed for the show a few costumes, which include Phoenix, Chameleon, and I'm really excited about this one. Grandpa Monster, which is iconic because it follows the trend of Monster from season one and Miss Monster from season three. Wow, the whole family's here. (laughs) The whole family, and he's got like a walker and he's got like a gray beard. It's very cute. Wow. Um, Yes, and we should cringe mode the masked franchise (laughs) at some point. Oh my God, I would love that. I would be forever grateful. Um, And then unconfirmed from the show, but we saw images of them. We've got Black Swan, who looked kind of scary, Pig, and Steampunk Porcupine. (laughs) Would you be pissed? Would you be pissed if you were just Pig? Like, just fucking, that's it? I would be. I'd be like, we've got Grandpa Monster and Steampunk Porcupine, and I'm just a pig. (laughs) And the pig looks very juvenile. Like, it's very... Mm cutesy it's just like this is embarrassing try harder (laughs) I know I'm very excited you know to see everyone back you know my girl Jenny McCarthy trying to squirt out some more tears Um, it's gonna be a great great new season I'm really excited feels like it's on all year long I can't believe there was any kind of quote break but congrats to you Amelia thank you All Um, right. what's going on in social media Kate Uh, I just want to talk really quick about something that a trend that I've noticed on TikTok lately. And that is love for Phil Collins. For some reason, Gen Z and millennials on TikTok. And this happened a little bit last year. There was like an in the air tonight challenge where people were like (laughs) doing the drum solo and like doing TikToks about it. But the new thing on TikTok that I have seen is that people are making jokes about how good the Tarzan soundtrack is. It is (laughs) good. It's so good. And that like everyone knows it. And so there are all these TikToks where like somebody will pretend to be like a music, (laughs) like a music exec or whatever and they're in the studio and they're like hey is this Phil Collins recording for Tarzan and they're like yeah and then they start hearing it and they're like 
whoa, whoa, he didn't have to go that hard. Phil, <laughs> this is for a movie about a man raised by monkeys. You just, it's too good, Phil. Oh my and God. There are just all these different jokes about it. And I just love that like we as a generation have accepted that like the Tarzan soundtrack is just incredible. It's and iconic. It's it just is. understood. Uh, maybe as part of the monoculture, as we say. I think so. And to a point where it's like an inside joke now about like how incredible it is. So I just yeah. love that TikTok is appreciating it for its genius. It also has the range, as you guys like to say, because there's <laughs> like trashing around the camp or whatever. That song is that. Yep. Like yep. And then the other emotional song about yeah. Tarzan like getting, you know, deserted in the forest. Right. His parents getting killed by that giant cheetah. Yes, that's yeah. a really emotional song. Strangers well, you'll be like my me. Heart yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Well, They're it's interesting good. because... I mean, not, not, I don't mean to be like, uh-huh, according to my extensive knowledge, but you know, they had, Disney had a string of really successful musicals in the 90s that kind of revived their animation um, studio. And they consecutively won these Oscars for best uh, soundtrack. So honestly, it's like not, I, I, I love that people are shocked because like, it, it's like, what? It is because it's like Tarzan, mm-hmm. what? But it's actually not that shocking. Right. Because they're all good. Yeah. Lion, all I mean, good. the Lion King soundtrack's incredible. Mm-hmm. The Lion King, you've got uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. It's right. just, yeah, it's just a I great think it's, run I think there. part of it is that, like, no one really likes Tarzan in the movie. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's part of it. It's like the soundtrack just, like, outpaces it so much. It is yeah. so much better than the movie. That's so true. Yeah. And that it um, is. I'm really sorry to do this and go from Tarzan <laughs> to such a shitty piece of news, but we're going to wrap it up quickly. And we could uh, have spent the entire pod talking about um, this problematic uh, situation, but we're going to go quick because she doesn't deserve it. So as we've been suspecting, Kendall Jenner did launch a tequila brand. It's called 818 Tequila. And Kardashian family is certainly really excited about it. And basically nobody else because, (laughs) again, we could spend a lot of time talking about it. The highlights of why this is problematic is numerous. So one, 818 is the area code, which encompasses like the San Fernando Valley, which does include Calabasas, where Kendall has grown up. But it also includes a lot of other parts of the Valley, which have a really large Latinx community um, Mm. and the disparity between how the Kardashians live and like right underneath them is like some of the like least resourced and like poorest areas of Southern California. Everyone's like, don't put like, don't take advantage of that area code, you know, for your tequila to sell. She says she's been working on it for three and a half years. Great. You know, she's Mm. been tasting and developing it. Yet There was no mention of any of the farmers or distillers or in general, you know, the Mexican heritage, which she has taken this from. And it just there was like zero knowledge of Mexican culture. And she was just like, look at me. I I don't know. It just felt really wrong. And like, yeah, you have, yeah, I have to say there are a lot of other celebrities with tequila brands. Like I'm looking at George Clooney and Casamigos. Mm-hmm. Nick Jonas has one. Adam Does Levine he? has one. Yeah. Oh. So there are a lot of celebrities that have this problem. However, the Kardashian Jenner families obviously has an extensive history of like appropriating other cultures. So it's just, it's not great. I would say don't support Kendall Jenner's tequila brand. It's also $60, which like who has, I don't no, ma'am. have that to spend on tequila. That is so expensive for a bottle of tequila. So expensive. I know. So anyway, other tequila brands, like Mexican tequila brands that you can support instead, Espelon Tequila, 
freaking great tequila. Buy yes. that. Tonteo Tequila is family owned, small business. Freaking buy them, support them. Tapatia, Ocho, Campo Azul. Go support those instead of 818 Tequila. And let's just put that to bed. And that was great. let's move on categories. Okay. That was great. Great stuff. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, we're doing cringe mode, Cinderella. It was requested. We are happy to oblige. This is a freaking lovely experience for us all. So I feel like people know the plot of Cinderella, but I'm happy <laughs> to do it and kind of maybe mention the cast as we go along. I yeah. feel like that's helpful. So I it. leave it. Uh, no, I leave it to one of you. Okay. <laughs> uh, this version of Cinderella, it was a made for TV movie, which is a crime. We'll get into more on that later. Uh, it stars Brandy as Cinderella, uh, Paolo Montalban as Prince Charming. His parents are Whoopi Goldberg and Victor Garber. Just incredible. <laughs> Fairy Godmother is Whitney Houston. Uh, Bernadette Peters is her stepmother. We are just stacked through stacked. the roof here. Yeah, uh, It's the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella. So it's mostly songs mm-hmm. with like a little bit of talking in between. Um, it's right. just like the classic like Broadway version. And like you can kind of tell that it's sort of styled that way. Uh, and it's great. It's better than it had to be. So much better. Yeah, it is. So much better. Also, I just want to say really briefly because we have been getting a few... DMs of people being like, these, this isn't cringe mode and stuff. But just I want to say cringe mode really 
it's more of a play on the name of binge mode, you know? So it's it's really, it's that's the, I think, Indeed. main thing here. And also, I think Kaya brought this up, but, um, you know, how the rewatchables do things. Not every freaking movie they do is rewatchable. Not every <laughs> well, freaking movie we do. Depends who you ask. <laughs> well, see, exactly. And it depends on who exactly. you ask for a cringe mm-hmm. mode as well. Right. So th- in no way are we trying to offend these movies by calling it cringe mode. So it's I, with love. I, it's with love. It truly mm-hmm. is. And yeah. also, if you think about it, a, a lot of the movies that we do for this are older movies. So yes, there are going to be very cringy moments. Even in some of my favorite movies, there are definite totally. cringy moments. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's a celebration of cringe. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Go on a journey with us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> on that note, let's do the highlights. There's a lot. Actually, not a lot of lowlights. So I'm happy that we're sharing with this too. <laughs> highlights of this movie. Amelia. Yes, thank you. Um, There just... I don't even know what to call it other than little tidbits. There are just little tidbits throughout this movie, throughout this script that are just so funny to me. And I think it's it's in part to the script, but also, again, to the great actors who've been cast in this. Um, and there's like one of my favorites is the freaking itchy scene with Minerva, the stepsister <laughs> and stepmother. And they're like, Minerva, why are you itching? And she's like, mother, you know how I get when I'm nervous. And she just like can't stop itching, which just it, and it, the bit carries on when she's at the ball. She's freaking itching herself, too. And it's just, that's so funny. Um, And then also, I will never forget, you know, I love Whoopi iconic yes. view host and she does this thing when the the prince is like i want to find my own wife and she's like eh, ah, ah, ah. And which and i don't the comedic timing is great and that it's just so funny there's so many little moments that are just tiny moments but they're so yes. funny her oh, delivery yeah. of that and she does that in like multiple other scenes like the line is probably two words and two little letters and she does so much of them. She is so freaking funny. She's also yeah. really nice to see her in like this motherly role. It's just perfect. Yes. Honestly, just perfect. Yes. Yeah, there are some really good like sort of wacky humor as well. One bit mm-hmm. that I thought was really funny is <laughs> Prince Charming is at the ball and his mother, Whoopi, is like, you can't leave until you dance with every girl here because he's trying to find a wife. <laughs> and he's like, shit. So then he starts dancing really quickly with everyone. So he like spins a girl here, spins her that way, dances with this one, throws this one into the wall. And like he's trying to dance as quickly as he can with every single girl. Uh, and it's obviously very like choreographed. It's like part of this like dance sequence. But yeah. it's just really funny. It's a great idea. It is. Really like you can't help but like this stuff. The slapstick mm-hmm. physical humor in this movie. Like Jason Alexander's like yes. holding this like very tall pile. And he's like almost tripping. Like that stuff normally doesn't hit for me. For some reason, when you're here and you're watching it, you're like, yes, that is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Humorous. Also, it's a it's a basic premise of Cinderella um, and is in all the other versions of it. But I love the general concept that like Cinderella slash Brandy put on the color blue and is like unrecognizable to her yeah. own stepmother and stepsister. And they're like, I've never seen that woman before. And I just, I really like the suspension of disbelief is just incredible. And it reminds yeah. me of a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff when Hilary uh. Duff basically puts on like cloth goggles and Chad Michael Murray's <laughs> like, I've never seen you before. Like, who are you? You know, it's just great. Great disguise. Uh, oh, never gets God. old. <laughs> Another thing that never gets old is Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. I don't know why they ever, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about versions of Cinderella in a bit, but I just, this is always my favorite version. These songs are so good. Uh, Just the the whole story. It's just like peak fairy tale, whimsy, romantic. Like there's some really good funny songs, really good ballads. And I just like, why do they ever adapt the story without these songs? I just don't Mm -hmm. know. 
Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, you know, we really needed a lot of famous people in this movie, a lot of people with incredible voices, but not really like a Broadway person, which is why we needed Paolo Montalban as Prince Charming. He's definitely like the least famous person in this movie. He hasn't really gone on to do anything, but mm-hmm. he did what he had to do. He's like very charming, <laughs> obviously, as the name uh, implies. And he's just got this great, strong Broadway voice. And obviously, Brandy mm-hmm. has a great voice, but it's very like specific and unique and kind of like has this wavery texture to it. So like in their mm-hmm. duets, I think it's like a really good match of like yeah. him having like this classic Broadway training. And then yeah. her is kind of like the R&B pop princess. It's just yeah. great. I can't tell if this is a highlight or a low light. What? Maybe somewhere in the middle. I kind of forgot. I know this is like the basic premise of Cinderella. I forget how quickly this whole thing wraps up. Like the majority of it is like the ball and the search. And then in this movie, at least, like as soon as they find each other, they get married. And then, then like the movie's <laughs> over and the credits start rolling. <laughs> and I and it goes quick, but I do appreciate it. And it was just like a nice little yeah. wrap up. And I think I was just um, confused by our Julia Stiles movie, The Prince and Me, where like <laughs> if it was that, they would have gone through like seven other seasons of life together before mm-hmm. ending. But and that's what right. that movie should have done. Just wrap, yeah. get married, wrap it up. <laughs> that's all we want to see. Agree. All right, let's do some low lights, Amelia. I'm going to say, you know, even back in the day when I was watching this, I remember looking at the fashion being like, what is going on here? I'm a little, there's a lot of clashing uh, colors and whatnot. Like, I think Calliope, one of the stepsisters, she's wearing like a lamp to the ball, <laughs> uh, like a lampshade. And I was like, okay, well, that's a little strange. But I guess, you know, it adds to it being more fairy tale esque. Mm-hmm. So I understand the choices. You know? Yeah, it's definitely like, they took it off the stage and just like filmed it. You know, there's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like the sets, you feel like you're like watching a play. Mm -hmm. Um, And up close, you're like, this looks ridiculous, but like from far (laughs) away, it just looks like fun and whimsical. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree as a low light, you know, they're going to the ball. Like everyone should be at like their absolute most like best outfit in the movie. Like should be a ton of different colors and fashions. But for some reason, they like color coordinated the whole ball. So like, all the women are in like the same shades of blue and all the men mm-hmm. are in like the same blue tuxedo. And like the only people that don't do that are like the stepsisters, the stepmom and Cinderella. And I'm just like, right. I, why, why is everything blue? She's blue. That's her <laughs> thing. That's her whole thing is wearing blue. Why is everyone else in blue? Yeah. Uh, rude. Yeah. That's like her entire thing. So I, I just was disappointed by the ball fashion, but everything else mm-hmm. I actually thought was good. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to add in a low light really quick that wasn't on the outline, but this is on Disney plus. That's why we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone on Twitter mention that it didn't look very good, which I actually agree with. It seems like all the, all we do these days is like, you know, make these old movies look great and like touch them up <laughs> and make them yeah. crystal clear 4k. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't we have done that with this movie? It's like in a little <laughs> yeah. like kind of blurry square <laughs> yeah. on You're Disney right. plus. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see every single pour on Whitney Houston's face. That's what we deserve. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, so right. There has to be a higher res version somewhere. There has like, to be. There it's has like, to be. It's like they, they lost the copy and so they just had to like re-record it on their TV when it came <laughs> on <laughs> FX or whatever. Um, so yeah, I thought that was disappointing. And then Jason Alexander uh, <laughs> plays like the, this you know, is the rude. guy. I object to this. <laughs> the guy who's like helping the prince, I don't know, is like ballet or whatever. 
And he's the only person in the movie with an accent. And I just don't know why. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's here. Who was like, Jason Alexander needs to be in Cinderella. I just, I don't know. But he's doing this unbelievable accent. No one else in the movie is doing an accent. They kind of did him dirty. His hair is like, like he's got a ball patch and then it's flipped up around kind of like circling like a halo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, very like Wizard of Oz. uh, Yes. Land of the Munchkin hair, you know? Yes. Apparently there's a lot of other like Seinfeld lines that he had like nods to his like whatever oh. Seinfeld and he asked to take them out. He's like, I'm trying to separate that, which I agree was a good creative <laughs> he was committed. choice. Yeah, I believe that. Was. He really committed to this role. Yes. And then the only low light I could really think of was Cinderella and Prince Charming. They sing a duet before they kiss and like the mm-hmm. very end of, and I, I think, I don't know, we've watched too many rom-coms or something, but they kind of, right after the song, they're like coming closer, coming closer. They, they're like lips touch and then their faces pull apart to sing the last song or the last line and then they kiss fully. I just feel like it was this grand moment of like Cinderella and Prince Charming's first kiss and it should have wow. maybe, they deserve better. They deserve yeah. like a bigger lead up. It was then, a little awkward. Yeah. Little yeah. Awkward. Where they like press their faces together. I'm like, yes. why? And they also like People close do their that. eyes as they were yeah. singing. Yeah. A little <laughs> odd. Um, okay. Let's do what has aged the best and the worst. I would say best, there's an exchange between Cinderella and Prince Charming earlier on and they're in, I guess, the market square and he's flirting with her pretty heavily and (laughs) he says something to the effect of, oh, you know, a girl wants to be treated like a princess and she stops dead in her tracks. She turns to him and she's like, "Uh, no, she wants to be treated like a person with kindness and respect. Yeah. And I was like, yes, rewind. Play it again and make it a lot louder. Uh, And, you know, I think this line kind of sets the tone from the beginning. Uh, And it was really ahead of its time, I think, because it showed that, yeah, you know what? Women don't need to be saved, okay? They just want to be treated with respect. Yeah. In 1997, we as young women had so many years ahead of us of movies Mm -hmm. being like, you're sad now, but wait till a man comes. (laughs) Then you'll be happy. You know, so I appreciate this is like the one fucking movie that was like, no, you don't have to do that. Right. It'll be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What else? Like I said, I think the goofy sets and costumes actually aged really well. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. seen, you know, other Cinderella adaptations. There was the one a couple years ago with Lily James. And they just like went too overboard on like making it look modern and trying to use all these effects to make it look real. And I feel like using the very practical like stage sets, stage costumes actually just aged well. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings movies where like the Lord of the Rings movies that are old look better than the new Hobbit ones because like they Mm -hmm. went too far with like the technology. That's how I feel Mm -hmm. about these Cinderella's like just stick to like the practical effects, the sets. You're going to talk about CGI in a minute, which we do have to talk about. But for the (laughs) most part, I, I think it looks good. It holds up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can disagree with me, but I did think Whitney Houston travels in this like glittery gold little tunnel. Looks pretty good for 1997. (laughs) I mean, I was convinced. She like kind of has this aura where there's like glitter kind of all around her. I thought it looked good. What did you guys think? It's a little silly, but it's charming. (laughs) I think it's cute. It's like these little like computerized like squiggles. I know. The squiggles I thought were a little like, whoa, okay. But but (laughs) I agree. I agree. Like she was superimposed with some of it. uh, And when they were like moving through the countryside, and I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know we could do that back then. So true. I know. (laughs) Guys, we were alive then. This is in the Middle Ages. (laughs) This is 1997. I mean, it was a long time ago, but we did have special effects. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, what? What has aged the worst, Kate? 
Uh, the worst was the decision to release this as a TV movie. Mm. This cast, you're telling me this cast would not bring audiences to theaters? I, thank you. To see those squiggles on the big screen? <laughs> you're wrong. Uh, they didn't and, have high definition enough to put it on the big screen. That's true. Yeah, the they TV. needed the pixelated look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, terrible decision. This should have been seen in theaters. <laughs> Agreed. That's it. All right, let's do MVP. Kate, who's your MVP pick? My MVP was the casting director and the casting budget because just, yeah. again, I just could not believe how stacked this cast was. They just did not have to do that. And mm -hmm. they did. And I'm grateful. Agreed. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is my MVP because yes. the costume department made fake costume jewelry for the queen to wear. And Whoopi Goldberg said no. And she used her famous uh, ways and contacted people at Harry Winston and got them to lend her $60 million worth of real jewelry for oh this movie, which is so amazing and iconic and what she deserves as the queen. She doesn't deserve fake shit. So I have to give it up to her. It's amazing. Wow. That's, yeah. I didn't know. That's a lot of, wow. Good mm -hmm. for Whoopi. God. Mm -hmm. Freaking love her. Um, I would say Whitney Houston. Uh, this movie really got off the ground thanks to her. Um, I read an article in Refinery29 from Vicky Mokama, and she was talking about how uh, once Whitney signed on, they kind of got the ball rolling and they were like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Here's all the money you want and blah, 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 blah. So it was really thanks to her star power. And I think, you know, we've seen before that if one superstar puts, you know, their name on a project, it can really change the project mm -hmm. and a lot of people can back it and whatnot. And so that was really cool to see. And, you know, just and she I mean, again, she's she is her voice is incredible and she's so charming and commanding in this role I think even though it's like a it's not like the biggest role like she's not mm -hmm. yeah. she's not on screen for a huge amount of time but when she's there it's like yes <laughs> Whitney oh my god like the voice the everything she looks great and I guess you know in the theme of maligned women in the media as of late that we've been really seeing I think She's someone who's definitely had her ups and downs. Um, she's uh, since passed away, obviously. But I'm really thankful that this movie has been made available so that people can really experience her and experience her immense talent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just... Thank you, Whitney, for getting this movie off the ground. It's really, really great. And it's, it's nice that a younger generation kind of met her through this as well I think mm -hmm. so yeah it's a lovely point you're right thank you all right shall we do the lightning round before we wrap this up who wrote these um I think Amelia wrote the first few yes okay best song uh really hard to choose also yeah. what we're talking about yeah. great singers Brandy just holds yeah. down all of these songs yeah. she's so <laughs> cute and so charming um, I would say, I mean, all of her duets are really great. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite is Impossible with Whitney Houston, uh, which pops up several times throughout the movie. They sing it together when she's, you know, making her transformation on the way to the ball. And just like those two together, like you just mm -hmm. can't beat it. But my all my other personal favorite is 10 minutes ago, which is like when she walks into the ball and yeah. he sees her for the first time. And it's just like love at first sight. I love love. <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> so soft of you, Kate. Oh my Thank gosh, you. Liz. What was your favorite? 
it's got to be in my own little corner. I was mm, like yes. so charmed by that yes. song and her performance. Like she's just so good and cute and it's kind of early on. I was just, I yeah. really loved it. And it's, it, it just like keeps your eyes on Brandy for the entire rest yeah. of the movie. It's just wonderful. I agree. What about you, Amelia? Um, I agree. I I, <laughs> I do remember like her wide eyes when she's like yeah. acting it all out. And she's just, yeah, it's great. I love that song so it's much. A, it's a homebody <laughs> anthem. It's a song for our times. <laughs> it, it is. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. What song should have been cut for time? I, I love them all. So I'm, I opt out. Yeah, I wrote this question early on in the movie and then I was like, are they all good? (laughs) Is this question necessary? I would say gun to my head. Like I didn't need a song from Jason Alexander. Uh, I just like didn't need that, but it's fine. It's entertaining. Again, like a lot of slapstick comedy in that one. So sure. Yeah, you guys had a hard time answering this. I thought the two evil stepsisters (laughs) singing that song was unnecessary because I think they're like, obviously their characters are like really theatrical and they're not really singing. They're kind of like doing that that screechy kind of sing song way, the talking. So I would say <laughs> Nick's dad just putting another Brandy solo or something or another way. I like song. that one. Cause they're like, why would a fellow want a girl like her? And then it ends up being like a girl who's beautiful and kind and sweet and perfect and stunning. Like, why would he want that? I was not paying attention to the lyrics on that. I was distracted by their voices. It's good. Oh my God. That's funny. Um, is this the best Cinderella movie adaptation? There are so many good ones. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, yes, it is. And then I was thinking of all the ones that I love. I love the Julie Andrews original sort of like Rodgers and Hammerstein version of this, which is great. You can't beat Julie Andrews. Uh, Ever After, great. Ella Enchanted, great. Ella Enchanted. My family like, had that on a loop for multiple years. <laughs> I do. We love Ella Enchanted at our house. Uh, but yeah, the, the rate of success for Cinderella adaptations is actually pretty high. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good ones. Yeah, I agree. I love this one. I love the Ever After. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all great. They're all great. Okay, they're pretty good. You guys, justice for Cinderella story with Hillary Dove. Why <laughs> am I the one who brought this up twice? <laughs> Shitty movie, but Kaya uh, says we can do it for cringe mode. So <laughs> maybe great. we'll go Add through it to the, list. the Cinderella canon. <laughs> Let's and do it. I think, didn't they have like, there was one Cinderella story with Hillary Duff. And then they had another with like Lucy Hale or something. They or did s- one with, with, I thought it was Selena, Selena Gomez. Go- okay. It was Selena Gomez. Yeah. They're oh, the yeah, same basically. <laughs> yeah. I got okay, that maybe, one was bad. Not. They're not yeah. all good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you could remake another classic fairy tale in the same vein of this version of Cinderella, which would you choose? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the first thing that came to mind was that they're doing The Little Mermaid with uh, Halle Bailey, which I'm like, great start. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. great about that. I would have felt better if Harry Styles was in it. But like, as it Mm. is, like, I have total faith in the Bailey sisters. Like, I'll watch anything that they do. Um, I also think they should apply this format to the Wicked movie that we keep hearing about. Like, I just think... A lot of like the musical adaptations lately are like, you know, the fucking Beauty and the Beast with what's her face from Harry Potter. Like they just Emma Watson. this this format is like so fun and like everyone's mm-hmm, so talented. Yeah. Whereas like that one was like so dark and boring. And I'm like, we just need to go back. Like for all of these adaptations, we need to go back to like fun, whimsical, focus on the songs. Yes. Not like la- fucking Les Mis, like Beauty oh, yes. and the Beast. Get away less, from like the gritty, realistic ones. I don't want it. Less Matthew Morrison as like a horny Grinch <laughs> and more <laughs> women of color in main leading roles of musicals, please. Yes. 
Yes. Um, I had the wrong answer because neither of these are fairy tales, I don't think, but haven't seen a gritty Rumpelstiltskin. Not exactly a lovely story, but no one's done anything with that, be, I don't think. I'd watch it. And then also, I thought of Jack in the Beanstalk, but Kate told me they actually did make this movie. And I was in picture. I actually pictured exactly what the movie was. So props. Yeah, was you like, did. Jack in the Beanstalk is <laughs> like this really scary, monstrous thing. And like all the people have to rally and like to beat this enormous giant. But uh, they did do this. So never mind. Yeah. in like 2013. Uh, wow. So Ewan McGregor was in it. And so is Stanley wow. Tucci. <laughs> Fucking weird. Tough, <laughs> I, tough run for them. I like how you cast The Rock in yours, though. Well, yeah, because I picture, you know, The Rock scaling Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> as he scales these, like, buildings and all is of his the rock, movies. Is The Rock the giant or is he Jack? No, he's... Oh, wait, which is Jack and the Beanstalk. So Jack is not the big, scary Beanstalk, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be Jack. He'd be climbing the Beanstalk. Oh, wow. Trying to defeat the Beanstalk. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> a giant at the top of the Beanstalk. <laughs> I thought the giant was an enormous Beanstalk. <laughs> Is that not right? No, oh he climbs God. up and there are giants up yeah. top. <laughs> I thought he... I you thought, thought he, it was a sentient beanstalk? <laughs> Honestly, I want to see that movie. I would watch that. Let's remake oh, that. Put The Rock okay. in it. The Rock versus oh the beanstalk. God. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Okay, got it. I wow. love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> I personally would love to see a live action version of Tangled because mm-hmm. it's quirky, you know? I don't know. I love Tangled. Put mm, Manny Moore in it again. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yes. Whew, okay. That's <laughs> that's the end of that. Um, <laughs> we're not in charge of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. All right. Before we wrap this up, let's do Tea Time's unanswerable questions. If you guys have questions for us, you can tweet or DM us, please. Uh, all right, Kate, take it away. All right. Again, a lot of talk this week on the internet about Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is the new Kristen Wiig, like wacky comedy. It's Mm. online. You can pay to watch it if you want. I don't know if you should. I haven't seen it. This is not an endorsement. However, the discourse around this movie has largely been about Jamie Dornan of Fifty Shades of Grey uh, and how funny he is in this movie. And he's like funny, apparently, and charming and does all this like wacky comedy and people are like all about it, like all in <laughs> on Jamie Dornan. Uh, and I just was thinking about it and I was like, there's so many, like nobody liked Jamie Dornan last week. You know what I mean? Like all he, mm-hmm. people were like, he's a bad actor. He was bad in Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. He's terrible. And then he does like one comedy and people are like, oh, actually he's good. So it made me think of Chris Hemsworth who like, you know, he did go, he was famous obviously for being Thor, but then he did that Ghostbusters movie and everyone was like, oh my God, Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. Daniel Craig did the same thing. He was James Bond and then he was yeah. in uh, Logan Lucky and Knives Out and then people were mm. like way in on him in like a different way. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's so many handsome actors that people don't really like that much that are just like in these famous roles that then when they do a comedy, people are like all in on them. Like they're great. They're talented. Yeah. So my question is, who needs to do this next? Who needs to take a page from this book and like do a wacky comedy to win over the masses? I will say you got to be careful with this because my man Liam Hemsworth took a stab at this and tried to do a zany, weird comedy with Rebel Wilson. Maybe that was his first oh mistake. Oh, my God. Called Isn't It Romantic? 
2019 and it was a complete fail. And I think everyone had the opposite effect. And they were like, oh, you can't do anything then. You can't do really action or comedy. So maybe not cast you for a bit. So you got to be careful with the project that you choose. Don't make my man Liam Hemsworth mistakes, please. Yeah. It's high risk, high reward. You got to be good at comedy. That's true. You really have. You do. You really do. Uh, I was going to recommend Robert Pattinson because I feel like it's the one thing he hasn't done. Is oh, like wow. a truly funny yeah. movie. With <laughs> yeah. that said, I just don't know if he's funny. I just don't <laughs> have faith uh, that he could pull that off. I don't know. I'm not sure. Or he's funny and not the way that like you need in a romantic right. comedy yes. or a comedy. He's funny where you're like, you put pasta in a microwave or whatever he did, whatever that <laughs> right. was. Um, but I don't know that he's like actually right. Humorous. He's not like Paul Rudd funny. He's like yeah. actual weirdo <laughs> in real life funny. Mm-hmm. A- yes. <laughs> Maybe like a documentary then. Or like a mo- mm. yeah, he could be in like a mockumentary. Like Ooh, that would kinda, be fun. I that would be funny. I would yeah. like that. We'll see. Okay, my question for you guys is: the nap dress. <laughs> are you guys in or out? It's a recent phenomenon. There's been a piece in L, piece in the New Yorker. It's I don't know how, but it's all over my freaking Instagram ads. It's wow. all I get is targeted for this like one nap dress and the idea is simple it basically comes from this one company hill house home and it is exactly what you think it is which is it's just like a soft long dress that you take a nap in or you sleep in but it's like marketed as like you know this instagram really like aesthetic kind of lifestyle whatever the hell and i'm curious if you guys are in or out because a it's 125 dollars just for like this long cotton sack and um (laughs) it's basically just like a a prairie dress so are you guys Mm. in on the concept of like wearing a dress to nap is that a comfortable and like your choice of like sleepwear and would you ever buy it i don't think so i i just associate even like if it's a nightgown i associate Mm. that with being dressed up even if it's like comfy like i just want to wear a t-shirt or and boxers like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. at this stage in like the quarantine, like I am not even looking at anything that has buttons. I don't want anything that yes. has like any sort of embellishment, anything right. that is like not extremely soft and loose. So mm-hmm. these are just too fashionable for me, I think. Plus, like you can't really move yeah. your legs. And I'm definitely like I just like move around. You're like kind of yeah. it's in a dress. So you are it's almost like a sleeping bag. Which, why would you do that? That's so true. Like, make it a bigger trapeze, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is weird. I just, see, I've been wearing this shirt for the past, uh, like, three days. I think Kaya has seen (laughs) me in it for the past three days, so I apologize (laughs) to her. Um, And I just, I really go from waking up in the same thing. I do the (laughs) shirt, and instead of boxers, I do, like, bike shorts. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I walk around my house like that, and then I fall asleep in it. You know, sometimes (laughs) I'll even... Yeah, attempt to work out in it, which then it's, like, a cesspool of, like, my own sweat. It's disgusting, so... um, So wow. I don't, I mean, like, I just don't, I have no use for a nap dress, I guess. Yeah. So I yeah. agree. Yeah. I don't, it's, and again, it's like $125 for a nap dress. Right. Yeah. I right. think I the know. idea is like, you want to feel like you're dressed, right? Like the idea uh, yeah. is like, you want to feel like a person who's wearing real clothes, but actually you're not, which I right. do understand. But at this uh, point, I just don't need that. I've, I've accepted our, our Agreed. situation. Me too. Agreed. Right, case closed, I suppose. And lastly, Amelia. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I need a quick update from Liz and Kaya about their survivor journeys because this, I just, <laughs> the people want to know too because they, I, I, I've truly gotten DMs being like, oh my God, Liz and Kaya. Kaya, please What's turn going on the on? mic. Join me. 
because we're in it together. Oh my God. I love it. It's literally has taken over. I have not watched any other TV in yes. weeks. It's all when, I think about. Kaya, when Chris and Andy are on the watch, like talking about a new, a new prestigious TV show, are you like, oh yeah, definitely. And in your head, you're like, I haven't watched anything about Survivor. No, they literally tried to recommend something to me to watch like last week. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really only watching Survivor right now. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe sometime down the road. But like, maybe when I finish all 75 seasons. It's yeah, so I was good. just going to ask Kaya, like how many seasons do you think you're going to get through before you like open it back up to other TV shows? I've done oh, three God. and I have no signs of stopping. I don't want to watch anything else. So I feel like I'll do like maybe seven seasons before I even think about another TV show. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just finished Pearl Islands last uh, night. and. Iconic. My boyfriend and I, I think, literally finished the entire season in, like, a week and a half. And, like, in the beginning of Pearl Islands, I was like, maybe I'm getting, like, a little tired of Survivor. Like, maybe I need to switch it up with some real housewives of Salt Lake City Mm. in there. (laughs) Uh, But then we got to the end, and it's just so good. And I don't know if I can find another TV show that is as engaging as Survivor is. (laughs) I know. I think the clear answer and through line for the three of us who watch both Bachelor and Survivor is like, I'm leaving The Bachelor in the dust and like only (laughs) want to commit my life to talking about this other show, Survivor. Um, And I can't believe I wasted so much of my precious youth watching (laughs) a terrible franchise when I could have been following along Survivor this entire time. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I still have to watch Bachelor for like work purposes, but... (laughs) Gosh, Survivor, it's just so good. And so, Amelia, I think you told me what what season do I need to watch now that I have finished Pearl Islands? I think season eight, right? Yeah, All-Star. So it's the season right after. Because I'm trying to build you up and by proxy, my friend Alex, who's like, he's obsessed with Survivor. Um, To the 20th season, uh, which I know it's there are so many seasons, but there's the 20th season is truly one of my it's my favorite TV season of all time. It's heroes versus villains. Yeah. And you and it's an all star season where you get older contestants and they throw them together. It's like the series biggest heroes and most notorious villains. And they just battle it out. It's it's iconic. It's It's so so good. Freaking good. They should do Bachelor in Paradise like that. Heroes versus villains and millennials versus that. (laughs) Basically, Bachelor should take some notes from Survivor. They should. They Uh, should. And you guys both watched or Liz, you're almost done with Millennials versus Gen X. Oh my uh, god! Yes, I've been weeping at that season yeah. for the so last good. week. I don't I'm think about I've ever have cried so hard at a piece of television. <laughs> I know it's insane. It really is. So Amelia, for those who are and maybe are convinced finally after listening to all three yeah. of us talk about Gate? this, so yeah. give like a couple seasons for people to watch, like Top Line. Okay, well I think Top Line. Well, on Netflix, it's available on Netflix and on Hulu, um, Kagayan, which I think you both started with. Yes. That's just, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's great. You have some really great characters. It's really fast paced. It's really fun. Um, I would definitely recommend Kagayan and then probably um, Millennials versus Gen X. Yes. That one, I mean, it's like, oh my God, you will just, you'll cry. You'll truly cry because the (laughs) stories and just the personal growth is just beautiful. It's honestly beautiful. Um, And then again, I think Pearl Islands is a really good choice if you want to kind of, there's, Survivor's kind of, 
in two camps. It's like old school versus new school. And new school is more fast paced and it has a lot of the idle advantages and whatnot. And that's kind of like seasons 21 on. And then old school is considered like seasons 20 and below. And, um, but you, you kind of have to, well, I would recommend watching all of it. But again, (laughs) I think the two, you should start out with are definitely Kagayan and um, Millennials versus Gen X, which are new school. And then mm-hmm. try to go back to old school because I think everyone should watch enough of old school to kind of really understand how the show has changed. And also so you can watch and really enjoy season 20 Heroes mm-hmm. versus Villains. So, yes. That's what it's all about. Kate, yeah. we're waiting for you here. Jump oh in. It's God. warm. We're just <laughs> all waiting for you. <laughs> I'll think about fun. it. I'll think about it. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.